Welcome back to another amazing episode of God in Therapy with your favorite therapist, Tara Body, and my King Jason. Hey, babe. Hey, Mrs. Tara Body. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So today, this this conversation is our last conversation on relationships. I hope you have enjoyed this season. But today's conversation is actually the most important conversation we need to have about marriage and relationship. And it is how to put God in your marriage. How to make sure that he is first, he is priority, and he is the glue that's going to keep you all together. So before we begin, Jay, can you bless us? With yep, a prayer. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we just come. Uh, thank you today. Thank you for this uh, podcast. Thank you for this season. Uh, we pray that this uh, season has touched many, many lives and has helped many marriages. We ask that you just bless this um, last episode, uh, that your people will get something from us um, and they will go forth and flourish within their marriages. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. So, um, marriage is an institution that's created by God. I know the government and everybody else, the world has his own definitions of marriage, but marriage is created by God. And a lot of people truly try to do marriage without God and they wonder why they are unsuccessful. And so one of the key things as a Christian therapist, as a Christian marriage counselor, I try to impart upon every couple that I talk to, I ask them, what is you all's prayer life together? What is you all's relationship with God? Do you all have a church home? Who is supporting you all in this marriage? And a lot of people are doing marriage without God and believing it would be successful. So for us, we both were Christians, believers when we when we met, we were Christians when we got married, but there was a a turning point in our dating life when God became the priority. You remember that? Yeah. Um, it was, and this is really a, a personal testimony for me because I think it was kind of twofold when we were dating and I had a, um, a bad car accident in 2000. Um, and really it was a turning point in my life where I got closer to God. Right. Um, and so it really, once I got, because I was living in Colorado at the time. Mm -hmm. And once I got back to Atlanta, uh, you and I, you know, start having these discussions, but I was like, I went through something that's transformational in my life. Right. Um, but then you, you know, and I'll give it to you, you know, he was like, well, that's what I was trying to get you, right. you know, a couple of months ago. Um, but it really, once we started to focus more on God, a lot of the arguments, a lot of the disagreements, a lot of the things that we were going through in our relationship weren't really that big of an issue anymore. Not saying all the issues went away, but we started to approach them differently, handle them differently, um, handle them with, you know, I don't want to get into it too quickly, but grace and, grace and kindness and loving and you know all the fruits of the spirit um mm -hmm. you know we started to really show towards one another right because a lot of people you know because i i, I kind of my heart goes out for a person that says tara when i was dating i wasn't that wasn't a priority to me really that my spouse love God. It wasn't mm. a priority. It wasn't a priority. I wasn't looking for that. You know, they had so many great qualities and they were a nice person. I thought that was enough. And their relationship with God wasn't that important. So they chose a person not based upon that. But now that they see the need for God, it is very hard to get their spouse aligned. It's very hard. You know, you and I went through that, of course, while we were dating, I was saying, hey, I've got a strong relationship with God and I really want you to have it where I am. But I kind of did see you did have a foundation. I know your family was in the church. And so I had enough confidence to say, God, I do believe by the time we make a decision for each other, 
you will have that relationship. But I also remember us breaking up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I also remember us breaking up uh, a year or so, you know, before you came and asked me to be your wife because I could tell where we were. God was not the priority. We broke up. I remember you coming to my church and joining my church while we were broke up and I was there with another guy, whole nother story. But uh, I remember seeing you join the church and I was so happy for you, even though we were not together. Mm -hmm. I remember looking at you go up before the church. I didn't expect you there because that was not your church, but you joined the church. And I remember being so excited in my heart to say, I love this person, even though we are not together, your salvation was important to me. You being connected to God was important to me, even that that meant I had to separate from you from a time to make sure you had it. Luckily, we handled that in dating. And so when we were married, we both were on the same accord. Yeah. And, and one thing, you know, when you go back to dating, because I do remember you have to meet people where they are. Yes. And what I was going to say, I remember where we were in our dating um, scene where you were um, in a different spot or a different relationship at the time, um, with God, where I was, I handled mine a little bit differently, right. you know, um, you were, you know, every Wednesday, Sunday at church, you know, all the time. And, and, and at the <laughs> altar and doing your thing. Um, whereas mine was a little bit more reserved and my relationship with God was more of a, a one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I went to church to get the word, but it still wasn't, I wasn't in fellowship the way you were. Right. And so I think um, where we, we kind of met in the middle was, you know, what is that, what is that middle ground mm -hmm. um, where even though I don't see Jason going to church as much as I go to church, mm -hmm. what is his relationship with God? And that came really through conversations. Right. Um, when we did get back together and, and started premarital and all that kind of stuff, um, it really showed the growth. Right. And, you know, um, I'm saying all of that to say, don't give up on someone because right. they're not in the, at the same spot or the same journey that you're on. Right. You know, they'll, they'll catch up eventually mm -hmm. one way or the other. Um, and they'll see the light, but you have to, you can't get frustrated with them. Right. You can't get, um, you can't, you know, kick them out, so to speak, because you're not where I am. Um, with my relationship with God. Right. You know, and, and I didn't, I, and I didn't kick you out because you wasn't where I was. I just could see because we both had, because where you were and I was starting to lose my fellowship because with God, because I was more so into you. Right. I had to, we had to back up because I felt that I was losing something. Cause sometimes when you date someone, not where you are, sometimes you kind of let go of some things. You get kind of relaxed yourself. But I saw it causing conflict in our relationship and our dating life. I saw us both not being on purpose. I saw us both uh, getting distracted. Mm -hmm. And we just it, we just weren't doing well, either one of us, because we weren't connected to the Lord individually. Right. And when we got married, we established what it would look like as a married couple. I said, babe, I want a family that goes to church together, that serves together. And you remember they put that... Um, they asked us that challenge. They said, pray every day together as yep. a couple. They told yep. us that during premarital, what, 20 years ago now, like, what, 19 years ago now. Mm -hmm. They said, pray together while you're engaged. Mm -hmm. And we would call each other on the phone and started praying together before we got married. And we've done that. To this very day. To this very day. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. refuse to not do yep. it. Even on those days when we are upset with each other in the morning, like, we're angry. And you're like, you know, we got to pray. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. here, touch my hand. But something <laughs> that's very hard to do is to pray before God and remain angry. Because right. right. every time we had to do that, we had to submit our will, our emotions. Something would break. Something, Something would break, break mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the end of that prayer. And to hear your prayers for me out loud has been one of the biggest, I think, intimate things that we do mm -hmm. is that I hear what you say to God about me. Right. And you hear what I say to God about you when I say God cover my husband, bless him, favor him, God keep him safe all day, you know. That is, to me, one of the best things we have by putting God in our marriage is I know what you're praying over our family. You know what I pray, pray over our family. We are in agreement. Right. You're not right. over here privately praying something that I'm not praying. Because right. a lot of couples will say, oh, we both pray. We both got a prayer life. But they don't even know what their, the prayers of their spouse is because mm -hmm. there's no coming together in prayer. Mm -hmm. um, so that we could be on one accord because God says when you are on one accord, when two or three are gathered, he is there to hear those prayers, to answer and be in the midst. And that was the greatest advice we had as young people yeah. was to pray together every day. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. So what do you say um, to the couple where the young man or the young woman or whatever, they're married to somebody that does not have that fellowship. They are married to them. Like mm. they're like, Okay, my spouse is not coming to church. My spouse does not want to pray. They grew up another religion. They grew up something else. They have the disconnect. They got church hurt. And I cannot get yeah. them <laughs> to come along with me in, in faith. Yeah, and that's a tough one. Right. That is a tough one because um, you said a, a key word there. Uh, from people that I've talked to personally, church hurt is real. Yes. You know, a lot of folks were hurt you know, in their teens and 20s or saw hurt from their parents um, of what happened within the church and they never let it go or they never got healed from it. I'm not going to say right. let it go. They never got healed from it. Um, so, you know, my biggest advice that I would tell a married couple, one, find out what is the disconnect, right. whether it is church hurt, whether it is, you know, um, some people, I just don't feel comfortable going into the church because I think people are judging me. Right. You know, um, a lot of that through conversations can be um can be uh, i don't want to say squash but it can be addressed mm -hmm. but another thing that i would i encourage every married couple to do is get involved with other married couples right a small group uh, a connect group something where because i guarantee you, you're not the only one that's going through this right other couples not. have either went through it or they're going through it and there's power in learning from one another so I would definitely say, you know, if you're having this disconnect, if you're having these discussions, um, if your spouse is just, you know, I'm not going to church and it is what it is. One, pray for them. Number right. One, right. Ask God to change your heart Two, try to find out where you can find that connection. It can be something as simple as a, a football game or a baseball game or whatever it is um, where that connection can be made. Right. So, you know, that would be my advice to, yeah. a, to a married couple who's in that particular situation. Great advice. And and, and other advice I, I definitely try to give them is just because your spouse doesn't go to church, you still go. 
Yep. Oh, and, absolutely. And you still go <laughs> absolutely. because honestly, you're married, but there's still a, still an individual walk with the Lord that you can't go to heaven and say, God, because my spouse wasn't worshiping you, I didn't. Because then Luke 14, 26 kicks in when he says, deny even your spouse or right. you can't follow me because we will not be able to give the excuse that because my spouse was not connected to God, I did not No, you staying connected to God will eventually allow God to work within your spouse to be connected and they are covered. The Bible says that the unsaved spouse is covered by the saved one. When you are still praying, doing what God is asking you to do, um, following those, those, you know, those principles of God in your marriage, he is still going to bless it because you are there. And sometimes I know women have a really hard time being the spiritual leader in their home mm -hmm. because we have been told the man is the priest, the man is the head. So if he is not leading the prayers, if he's not telling us to go to church, if he's not, he's not. And that's not fair because if this man grew up in a household where nobody's going to church, that, I, that you took the words <laughs> right out of my mouth. I was going to say, who taught him, who taught to, be him the priest? to do that? Who taught him to be the head? This is an assumption, right? And so, so many times people assume and then they get frustrated when it doesn't happen. So are you talking to one another? Right. Are you having those conversations? It all gets back to communication. Well, and it's like we, when we talked about marriage, the one who has been trained by their parents to do the very essential thing is the one should be leading it in the beginning. It is okay, husbands and wives, if you're the one that grew up in the church and you know a lot about it, to pull your spouse's hand and say, I'll pray over us until your spouse is comfortable with praying out loud, until they're comfortable with praying, you lead the prayers. Because as they're hearing you pray those very wonderful prayers over your family, over them, eventually one day you may say, can you pray? And they may pray. They will yeah. start to pray. No, they may not be leading a small group of Bible study at the church, but you are. Go ahead and do it. Mm -hmm. And one day you might invite them. I remember something that blessed my soul so much because I had a, I have a Bible uh, discipleship course that I teach. I've been teaching it a long time. And I remember the day you came to me and said, I'm going to teach a men's group the same class. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You know, it yeah. did something to me because I never forced that on you. I right. never said you need to do a men's group because I'm doing these women's group. I was just like, I do it because I should be teaching discipleship courses. I know how to do it. It's a gifting God gave me. But when you did it, that really, really blessed my soul because I said he learned that from me. He got that from me. It's certain things I start to see you do with devotionals and things that I have consistently done for years. And I watch you start to do it because there are plenty of things that I've learned from you as a result of being married to you. But I saw, I said, oh, he's learning this spiritual work side yeah. from me. Yeah. He's picking it up. And it was blessing our house. It was blessing our marriage. It was blessing our children to watch you do it. But I didn't force it on you. I didn't get angry with you. Yeah, I may have felt some type of way inside like God. I'm the one getting up in the morning. And God said, yes, mm -hmm. somebody in this household needs to be getting up in the morning covering this house. If you wait on him, you might be waiting a long time. Right. Meantime, somebody has to be getting up, praying over the house, covering the children, reading the Bible to them. You cannot wait on your husband to do that because he did not see his father doing that. Right. It is not natural to him. It's not going to be at the forefront of his mind to do that. So it, it was unfair for me to try to set you up and make you be something you never saw. But God says he can see it in you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He can learn it from you. Do it the right way. Love on him still. Don't make him feel bad with what 
he wasn't giving because I was giving that in my household. Right. My mother was doing the Bible studies. She right. was showing us how to pray. We were reading confessions. That's from my household that God chose for me and he chose your household for you. So it was not okay for me to ever make you feel less than that you did not have that spiritual background. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm glad you bring that up too because just not in that scenario, I've talked to other couples before where you know, the spouse, whether it's man or woman, will come home and then start to beat the sermon over the other person's head. Right. You know, pastor said you should be doing this. Pastor said you should be doing that. And because you're not doing it, you know, you're 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 not going to be successful. You're not going to have X, Y, and Z. You, you can't do that. No, that, that you know, pushes it, them it, even further away. What should happen is if something is going on in the house and we have a conflict and I say and I may, for example, say, you know what? I should not be arguing with you like this because this is not God-like character. And I'm really trying to work on my God-like character. Uh, we learned today in church about the fruit of the spirit and it is self-control. So I'm going to practice self-control because I'm really trying to like turning it back on yourself mm -hmm. and saying, I'm going to work on this. Show your spouse that you going to church is actually doing something because right. you have right. people who go to church and they're cruel and they're mean spirited towards their spouse. And they're doing all of these things that is not going to make your spouse actually want to get what you got. If you're the one that goes to church, read the Bible and you're the nastiest one right. and you're mean spirited, they have to know, is it working for you? Yeah. Cause I don't yeah. see it on you. I don't see any of that stuff. You telling me that the pastor is saying working in your life in layman's terms. That's just like you telling me to go to the gym. And work out. Right. And but you're not losing weight. You're not making any gains. You just <laughs> I'm at the gym though. <laughs> but you're at the gym. You at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the gym all the time and then I'm telling you what my personal trainer said that you need to be doing. Right. And that's a ridiculous way to train somebody. Because yeah. to be trained and to teach someone, there comes patience, there comes love. I it is no way you would want what I got if you don't see what I'm doing is benefiting. Yep. Just like the yep. gym, you see me working out and my body tight and you see me feeling good and got energy. You might say, you know what? I need to go to the gym, too, because you looking good. You're feeling good. I see you got all that energy and stuff. You fine. Right. I'm going to get my you're going to look at yourself <laughs> and say, I'm not as tight as you. And I'm about to go get that handle. And so it's the same thing with the spiritual body. Mm -hmm. People stop beating your spouse up about it. Get yourself together. Mm -hmm. Get yourself spiritually fit to the point where your spouse is in awe of your relationship with yeah. God. They see the devotion you have with God. They see the peace over you because you are connected to God. They see your life being affected with favor from God. They start seeing promotion in your life. Things that are coming to you, they're going to say, well, you know what? I don't look like my spouse spiritually, and I'm not getting the same favor. I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And you encourage them. You see them doing something. You say, hey, I'm so glad to see your growth. I see you. I see what God is doing and I just, I'm thankful for what I see in you. We have to give that amount of encouragement because a lot of you, I, I have a lot of counseling, especially with women that say, my husband is not on the same page. No, ma'am, he's not because he wasn't when you married him. And that is not in his background. That is not how he grew up. He did not see a man doing the things you're asking for. You're looking at other men in the church and you are comparing your husband to these other men. He didn't grow up like those other men. His story is not their story, but you are the church. We are the church. The church is not a building. It is the body of Christ. It is us. So when your husband is connecting with you, he's connecting to the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. What are you showing him? What are you saying to him? What is your prayers? He don't ever have to step in a building if he's married to you. Mm -hmm. And over time, he may also want to 
fellowship at the church building with the other people. Because like you said, that's fellowship you're asking him to do with other couples and other people and under a pastor. So the the connection with God, you can mirror that at home. So Tara, you know, I'm, I'm a, I know I'm the guest, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to flip a question on you. Okay. Um, so, you know, what is your advice or, or how do you um, speak with couples that have two different religions? under the same roof well the bible talks about not doing that um <laughs> this is god in therapy tara doesn't have an opinion the bible said don't do it because it's going to cause a problem he talks about us not marrying those who serve other gods because when you serve a god that that is going to pretty much dictate everything you do in your life according to your faith and your beliefs. So if you are not, are not walking together in our faith and beliefs, you have a whole nother belief system right. than I do. We're going to struggle. Yeah. I remember you telling me one time, you said, Tara, I don't remain faithful to you because of you. I remain faithful to you because of my relationship with God and what he told me to do as a husband. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I felt some type of way, like, <laughs> but I got what you said because there are days I could aggravate you, irritate you, make you mad. If your faithfulness to me is determined on me, that's not good because right. I'm an imperfect being. I can make you angry. I can do things to hurt your feelings. And if you're doing that based upon me, you're going to be out here in the streets because I'm going to get on your nerves. Yep. But you said, Tara, because of my faith in the Lord and what he has said in his word, I am faithful to you. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that. That, get, that actually took the weight off me. I'm like, so you mean uh, if I just not you're not happy with me don't mean you're gonna go out here in the streets and you was like no that ain't got nothing to do with me this is my vow to the lord right and so i want to quickly talk about the benefits of you and i being on the same page spiritually and putting god as the priority of our marriage i want to share that with the people you know i got my things but for you what do you see is the benefit of us what what has it kept us from and what it has it benefited us and both of us being connected to the Lord. I'll say it's really for for me, two major benefits. One, our marriage, of course, that's that's a given um, when it comes to whether it's disagreements, arguments, um, just how we view certain things. Um, we're always able to first go to the Lord and pray about it, number one. Um, but then that foundation is set on how we're going to treat each other right. and how we're going to handle altercations or disagreements. Um, it's, it's different when you have that accountability right? versus when you don't have any accountability and you're just doing it off of the way the world does it. You know, the, after our argument and or after a blow up or after something happens, the world says I should go get a lawyer and get a divorce. Right. But when I'm covered, when I'm under God's rule and God's law and that's my covenant, I don't have that option. So guess what it's going to force me to do? We're going to work it out. And, gonna, and, and I want to deal with that real quick because we got a lot of couples where there's a lot of abuse, verbal abuse, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, because they do not have that accountability ability to the Lord. Right. There, there's a lot. I feel like me and you always had a boundary that we did not cross. Mm -hmm. We just, there was an agreement of because God governs my heart, because he governs my spirit. When I would want to go to cross a boundary with you and say something, that was the Holy Spirit. That was God there to say, yep. do not say that. Tara, do not do that. And it would govern my heart because I've seen people go over. I grew up in a family where there was no governing of the heart on some things. And they would go in and go over those boundaries. But because of my relationship with the Lord, and I believe your relationship with the Lord, 
we always had this boundary of not abusing one another, not yeah. mentally, not physically, like spiritually. Like it just, we were not going to do that to one another. Right, right. And, you know, that topic itself is so touchy. Yeah. Um, because you're dealing with emotions. Right. And, you know, part of it, you're dealing with love. Um, or ag agape love for lack of better words, because you want to stay with that person regardless. Right. Grace. But then two, mm -hmm. that whole emotional abuse, right. you know, physical abuse, that, that abusive nature, that's nothing to play with. Right. And so I think so many couples or a lot of couples find themselves kind of stuck in the middle because they say, I love this person. Even though I'm being abused by this person, I still love this person. Right. How do I handle that? How do I get over that hump? You know, um, and I, I have a different philosophy on it, you know. Um, and when I say a different philosophy, I just, it, it, you have to get help. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You have absolutely. to get counseling. You have, this is not something that you just go at on your own or you just pretend like it never happens. And, you know, you're telling yourself, oh, it's going to get better tomorrow. You have to, you have to get professional help when it comes to that. Right. And, and I want to talk to those of you who are dealing with domestic violence or you're dealing with some type of verbal abuse, emotional abuse. That is not God's design for you nope. at all. Not in any relationship and especially not in a marriage. If you are in a marriage where you are being abused, that is not God's design for you. And I'm giving you permission to separate yourself. I know there are some people that fundamentally disagree with that, too. They want to say, uh, well, they're married, so they're stuck. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Your spouse at this point is being used as an instrument of wickedness to tear you apart. You separate from them because you do not stay with them and enable that very evil demonic behavior that is demonic behavior somebody's putting their hands on you or tearing you down and talking to you crazy every day and they have nothing governing them and stopping them from mm -hmm. doing that to you they are not allowed to abuse you you are god's child you are god's child he would never link you up with somebody that would tear you apart he would never do that so if this person has decided that they don't submit to god with their emotions and with their self-control they don't get to stay with you Right. God is not going to tell you to sacrifice. Jesus is the only sacrifice. So he would never tell you to sacrifice your life to be with someone. That is not love. Okay. That is not love. That person needs to get help. And if that means you have to separate to force them to go get help, because if they want to be with you bad enough and they want to make it work, they will submit to getting help. They will submit to getting help. If they want you to stick by them while they just do whatever and say, this is just me and my personality and you just going to have to deal with it because we married. No, absolutely not. That is a form of slavery. And don't you do it. That's abusive. And God would not call you to stay with somebody who's doing that to you. So that is one of the things that I want to also say is marriage is supposed to bless you. If we haven't, if we haven't given you that message today, people, we want to end with letting you know marriage it's a beautiful thing. I wrote a whole book about it. You can look at it on Amazon, Google it. There's a beautiful, there's a book I said, marriage is a beautiful thing, but I wish I would have known. And a lot of this stuff is the things I wish I would have known as a young person at 23. So I want you to check that book out, but I want you to understand God created marriage. It is beautiful. It is supposed to bless your life. We have been blessed. We have, we have, we have been beautifully blessed to be with one another. And Absolutely. I love you. I and I too. thank you for doing this season with me. Absolutely. It's and been I, fun. It has. <laughs> and I thank y'all for coming along with us. This has been Tyra Body. And Jason Body.
with God in therapy. Take care.